Everybody, 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 drop your box. Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I'm Mr. Jeff. No, I'm just kidding. I'm Evan Ross Katz. <laughs> and we are recapping the finale of Survivor 42, another season come and gone. Which and is a we'll- big, like, bigger finale than usual in the sense that, you know, we went right from 41 to 42. So that kind of felt like a mid-season break, whereas this feels like we are going to have some time off from Survivor now. We have wrapped yeah. back-to-back filmings. There's a little bit of like a cultural reset, if you will, that will happen within Survivor. They're going to be able to go back to the whiteboard and uh, the COVID protocols might be less strict. Like this is, it's the show will have a next, you know, evolution starting now. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, everything exactly. we're Everything we're hearing about 43 is that it's more or less going to be the same. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's giving reductive. In some ways, it actually feels like it's going to be easier because they don't have the COVID quarantine protocols. So actually, like in 41 and 42, where they had to quarantine for two weeks before the game started, which I think is its own like mental hurdle to get through, like 14 days of isolation. Like, they don't have that now, but they're still playing a 26-day game. So they're just flying out there, playing and going home. So what is your understanding as to the only, I mean, the obvious reason is budget, right? The less time that one films, the less cost. But aside from that, what advantages do you think they see to shortening the game in the long term? Now that it's a choice and not a mandate. Yeah, I feel like it's just budget and timing, to be honest. I don't know that they see... I think that they like the pitch of it's a faster-paced game, but I don't think that that makes a difference, really, in terms of the end product. Right, So I can only imagine that they're like, oh, we can pull this off in, what is it, 13 less days? Like, let's do it. It's just strange from a television production standpoint, because you would think more time equals more footage, and more footage means more opportunities to, you know, craft storytelling or or have big moments, and it gives you, you know, more to work with to trim. Um, and, and with regards to like, yes, the budget of it all and everything, it's like, that would make sense if this were a show in its infancy, but being that the show has functioned, at, you know, in the way it's functioned for so many seasons now to all of a sudden be like, oh, we can do it for cheaper. But then again, maybe it's like, well, they didn't know they could do it in, mm-hmm. for cheaper until COVID. It's just such a bummer. And like, not to be, um, a negative Nancy as we've gotten clocked for before, but like it does... It does change my relationship to the show moving forward. I just like I will never be able to get on board with twenty six days. That will it's never far less epic. Yeah, it's that far will less never epic. never work for me. And I think that look, I don't think their problem is footage, right? Like they have more than enough footage to work with to the point where you know they still struggle to include storylines that need to be included. And everything that I have heard from past contestant interviews and things is that that third day in each cycle really produces almost no usable footage because they're literally doing nothing. And like anecdotally from these interviews, I've heard very little makes it into the show from those off days. So Mm -hmm. 
I mean, but I, I but the argument is, it. but the argument is that those okay, so yes, that makes sense, right? But the argument is like the what happens in those days that we don't see. Perhaps you don't get footage, but you get relationship building. Yes. You get starvation. You get them contending with the elements. Like you get things that I think impact the days that they are doing stuff in more like subliminal ways. So agreed. Yeah, there's just something. For instance, a family visit is going to feel very different in a 26-day season than it would a 39 because mm-hmm. of, you know, the time you've gone. And I also just, you know, I was thinking about Marianne's arc overall and how different her growth journey would be for us, the the viewer, had it been 39 versus 26. I'm not saying she didn't have a growth arc, but, like, it definitely felt accelerated. I don't know if in three and a half weeks anyone, and I'm not even talking about Marianne specifically, I don't know, like, how much... I mean, you could argue too, like, well, is 39 days going to really change things? I, I just, more, more time, please. I think I think everything can can uh, brew and develop. And so it's just, uh, it's a shame. I would love yeah. to get a more, um, an answer, right, from production. Um, are they going to openly admit that it's budget? Like, what what's going to be the reason that they're going to put forward as to this change? Yeah, and I think that the way we're coming at it is that like 39 days is about the experience of the players and then how that translates into our understanding our relationship with them over the course of 13 episodes or 14 episodes. And I don't think that CBS or Survivor is producing the show it with the lens of how is this experience for the players? Do you know what I mean? They're producing right. the show and like, we need to make 13 episodes. Oh, we can do it in 26 days. Like who cares about the adventure that these 16 right. people, 18 people are on. And thinking about it from CBS's perspective, particularly with season 42, it was such a successful season narratively that they're like, Oh, we made this cut and there was no qualitative change to, you know, the product. So it's almost like part of me wishes that 42 would have sucked more, that they could have been like, well, we need to go back to the whiteboard. But then again, hey, I I, I, I understand the, the decision. I just do not endorse the decision. I'm very curious. I wonder uh, if we talk to somebody from 42, which we don't have plans to do right now, but we may very well do, uh, you know, <laughs> we may very well do. I would be very curious to talk to somebody to say, like, what do you, how do you think a 39-day season would have changed your game? Would it, Were there things that you felt you couldn't have done? Were there relationships you wish you could have spent more time fostering? Do you think that, or, or were you just like, get this over with? This is like a nonstop game, and I just want it mm. over with. Very curious. Okay. Put that in our list of questions. Okay. Well, we have a brand new reigning queen of survivor we have our second female winner in a row after such a long drought after she who must not be named won game changers and it is our second canadian winner our second canadian female winner and it is our first black female winner since vesepia won 20 years ago last week won marquesas and just so incredible to finally have somebody be crowned uh, a winner of Survivor who is a black woman since Vesepi. It's been so, so long, so long coming. And we have wanted this for many years. 
And what a great winner to have in Marianne. I feel like she really lives up to that legacy. Evan, what do you think? High level thoughts. Well, first of all, I just, you know, we want to say congratulations to Marianne. I imagine that a lot of our listeners are as excited as we are to have a winner that we can really get behind. It's no disrespect to Erica. It's just a different, this was a different kind of game that was played. What's particularly exciting about Marianne's win is that Mike tanked his final tribal and Marianne totally like, what's it called in basketball when you get the three point shot? I don't know. Or like <laughs> in or, or or in football when you get 8 points for the touchdown cuz you do the 2 point thing after. Anyway, this to say it's like Marianne <laughs> like unabashedly had her best moment on the on the entire season in her final tribal. So so it wasn't, you know, we've seen wins happen sometimes where the expected winner tanks at tribal and therefore by default the other player wins. Mm-hmm. And this was great because it's like both things happened. Um, and to see the vote, I w- do we have the final numbers yet as far as uh, who voted for whom? So I see on Wikipedia that Jonathan was the only vote for Mike. All other votes went to Marianne. But okay. I don't know that that is 100% confirmed or that that's just speculation. But I think we can assume that, that Jonathan okay. was the vote for Mike. We'll get to Jonathan. Um, but it's just so exciting, too, to understand that it seems like there was pretty much uniformity amongst this cast that Marianne is the deserving winner. And so it's just, it's a thrill. It's like I, it, I'm i excited to see Marianne come back and play in the Legends season. I'm just excited about Marianne. Like, I'm excited to hear her exit interviews. There's just, even, I don't know if you felt this way, but like social media last night was alive. Pop Crave was tweeting about Marianne's win. And that to me is like a signal, right? It's like, if Pop Crave is on it, you know, Pop Crave broke the news about Biden's win in the election. So it's like Pop Crave is legitimate news. So I think I'm just really excited. As finales go, I would give it an 8 out of 10. uh, The highs were super duper high, but there were absolutely some lows and some moments that moved very slowly, particularly the air quotes reunion. Um, And there are definitely some things I think we could go to the whiteboard on as far as do we need to keep this part of the finale? Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, super exciting. And I'm like, just, I think like many of us, it's like Marianne's queen, like queen. Yeah, yeah. And we've had such a journey with Marianne. Like I think back to our very first recap where I was like, look, uh, nobody's seeing this, but this girl's annoying. And, and I, I still to some degree stand by that, but she's also queen. And, you know, that works for television. And I think my point was that living with her would be difficult. And that, hey, that came up in the final tribal council where Omer said, look, you had kind of a sloppy social game and it put you on the bottom at Taku. And then how did you turn that around? And she gave a really great answer uh, to that. And so I think that, you know, we've been on a journey, journey with Marianne. Marianne's been on a journey of self-discovery herself over these 26 days. And then I think the jury went on a journey of like going from, I don't think that she had a lot of votes going into Final Tribal. And I think she really won them over in the way that she won the audience over over the course of the season, I think. I don't agree with you at all. I think she had a lot of votes. I think she had this win for quite some time, which we can we can get into mm. later. But one thing I just want to mention, because you said it, I think we, not Sean and Evan, but like people need to kind of reassess what we mean when we say social game. Because mm-hmm. when Omer made that comment to her, there's a difference between 
being yourself and not having that gel with people versus a social game, which can mean I'm going to get close to this person who I would not want to be close with in life, but for the sake of the game, or I'm going to like, um, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to, I'm going to use social skills as strategy. That's not the same thing as just like being oneself and, and having that perceived a certain way by the other players. And I'm not saying you're confused about that, but mm. I'm just saying in general at the final tribal, when people talk about social game, I think that there's like this, it's sort of like an umbrella term for, for, I think not everyone's talking about the same thing when they mention social game, because I don't think Marianne had a sloppy social game. I just think people weren't vibing with Marianne as a person and she was not perceptive enough to that to say, okay, maybe I need to adjust so maybe it's like she didn't deploy a social game. But again, it's just like, I just think what was being pointed out there is just Marianne being Marianne. Well, I somewhat disagree with you because I think that whether it's intentional or not, I think when it comes to the social game, the way that you act and the way you behave and the way that you interact with others is social game, right? So yes, uh, I think great social game is recognizing that building relationships, like you say, you know, building bridges with people you may not actually vibe with, like Marianne, you know, getting into this alliance with Jonathan, but always sort of like bickering with them, but they continue to work together anyways, like that, that is, uh, that is smart social game. But also, I think just acting the way she actually kept the fact that Jonathan was annoyed with Marianne so much in the pre-merge and that's on Jonathan that's also speaking to his social game yes. but you know that it that is social game because I think what that's telling me and the and the reason I would agree with that with Omer that her social game was a little sloppy in the pre-merge is that she wasn't picking up on those cues that she did need to dial it back a little because she was rubbing people the wrong way. Remember, the only content we got from Lindsay in the pre-merge was her talking shit about Marianne, being like, I don't like that she has all these advantages and she's kind of annoying me, right? So I think that that points to the fact that Marianne was not aware of the need for her social game to be like leveled up. She was just being Marianne which is admirable in a TV show where you're trying to like represent yourself. But I don't think that it necessarily is like great gameplay. But but objectively speaking, I would call that social game. That makes sense. I also just think too, one other thing about, I, I feel like the Marianne win became inevitable in the episode very quickly. You might feel differently because you said you didn't think the jury votes were locked. I thought they were a thousand percent locked. I texted you at one point last night saying, do you think Mike has 0% chance of winning or 1% chance? Which is just to say, obviously, there was a consciousness around the edit this time. Uh, as they, though the seasons were shot back to back, there is post-production, which can happen in the interim between 41 and 42. And I think there was, a, you know, a need to make sure that they bolster this winner. And I think between Mike excuse me, not Mike, Jonathan, Lindsay, and Romeo were not edited in such a way where there was a, a winner's narrative. There was no way Jonathan was going to win this season based mm -hmm. off of his edit and Romeo for a lot of obvious reasons. And I even feel with Lindsay, although she emerged as a huge player in the back half of the season, I just didn't think Survivor was going to allow a winner to be that erased from the first half of the season that it very much felt like it came down to Mike or Marianne. Um, and then Do you I mean just, like after an Erica win, they wouldn't let that happen again? 
Yes. And also just thinking about how present Marianne was throughout this season from the outset. I feel like if I'm the editors this time around, knowing what I know from 41, I would make sure to establish my winner in a big way from the outset, which is exactly what they did with Marianne. Yeah. I mean, you are right, but I would never give the editors that much credit. I, mean, I would in this time instance. and time again in, in right. history that they don't <laughs> learn from their mistakes. In this case, they did. And I'm thrilled about that. But was it uh, was it a conscious decision on their part? Or is this just the way the cookie crumbled? I don't know. Uh, well, we will see in 43. Like, let's... Cookies. <laughs> uh, that we could have cookies? Okay. Salad. We'll get to that. <laughs> it was like record scratch? Salad? <laughs> like... <Yeah. laughs> Actually, we have a lot of food-related things and, and beverage-related things to talk about right yeah. now. Which we'll, which we'll you know what? To. I actually, you know, when you texted me that, does Mike have 0% or 1% chance of winning? I actually, like, I thought he could have a chance. I did not think it was completely in the bag for Marianne. I wanted that to be the case, but I have been so conditioned to be disappointed by the show that I think maybe I have hesitation around letting myself feel that way. And I did think like either case, I mean, obviously Romeo's not going to win, right? Zero vote finalist, queen. But I think that whether Mike won or Marianne won, it was going to be an imperfect winner, which I love. I really love that that neither of them played a perfect game and that we have a winner who didn't play a perfect game because I think that's so important that like so often we want to hold our winners up as like they played an impeccable, amazing, perfect game, incredible, best final tribal ever, best game ever. That like that's not the case. Nobody plays a perfect game except Kim Spradlin. And um, I think that it's really refreshing, but it also gave me pause that like, it's possible Mike wins here. And he got so much like heroic content in the finale and all of that fire making discussion and that whole sequence of him working on the fire. I just felt like that was really bolstering him and it was giving me bad flashbacks to some of the mid to late 30 seasons that I was like, oh no, like Mike, Mike could take this. And then when they had that incredible sequence of the jury talking about the final three, which I absolutely loved, I think when I heard that, and of course they're crafting this, you know, to, to maybe mislead us, but what I heard was we love Mike and we just need him to own his game. And if he does that, he could win. And what I heard about Marianne was, I like her, but what did she do? And so and so to your earlier point, it was totally Mike's game to lose and totally Marianne's to win. And they both absolutely went in those directions, respectively. And to your point, what I was hearing there was the script supervisor making the last minute <laughs> edits on the lines that he was giving to those contestants. Right. Or her, or them. <laughs> okay. All right. Because also just the fact that we got like um, earnest uh, player uh, talking heads of them talking about the ways in which Romeo like had played the game in a way that could have him mm-hmm. win was like, okay, let's like, let's call a spade a spade here. It's funny. They're talking about like, I need Mike to own up to it. And it's like, I need these players to own up to the fact that Romeo is, you know, a goat. 
Yeah. It's like, wouldn't it be fun if they just were like, ignored Romeo at the final tribal and were just like, we're not going to entertain. Like, like, good job, buddy. Um, We we need to focus on which of these two is going to take the crown. I actually would love that. And uh, Jeff loves these impromptu things. What if they were like, you know what? We're not we're not going to vote on Romeo. Why don't we just remove him and put him on the jury? Jeff would eat that shit. That would Ah. be fantastic. I would love that, actually. (laughs) Okay. Well, maybe we should uh, jump into a recap because there's so much to talk about. And I want to make sure that we don't miss anything. And we had like a full hour almost up to the Lindsay vote, which felt like a. that's where it dragged a little bit for me. It was like, okay, this is the first vote. It dragged in other places too. Over with. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of disagree. I think after the Lindsay vote, it went like quite quickly. You want to talk about that reunion? Oh, well, the reunion doesn't count. The reunion. Well, it does. I'm watching three hours of Survivor. It all counts. Yeah. Well, hey, I don't have a whole lot to say about the reunion. I mean, like, what animal are the final three like? I I tuned out. It's uh, not done. Also, how about, like, how about a bigger box of pizza than these personal pizza boxes that keep coming? I I have so much to say about that. Anyway, we'll get to that. (laughs) More pizza. Let's bring in more champagne. Who needs a refill? Okay, anyway. So sloppy. And with all the, like, the, the, the... staff coming in to hand it out and they're all in the shots and like there was that moment where after Marianne is announced the winner and then Jeff pulls out and he's like and we're gonna do a live reunion right now and there's this like they put on like disco lights and you can see I mean you see the set of Tribal Council which I really like don't like to see it really takes the magic away from Survivor for me but there's this moment where you see like in the rafters where there's spotlights and they've literally got people operating the lights and just like waving them around so that they're creating like an effect. It's like, I don't need to see the people like spinning lights around. This is like so anticlimactic. What about that cut to the shot of the guy opening the champagne bottle? Yeah. Talk about anticlimactic. I was just like, (laughs) what is this? I think what's funny is we got that shot in the season 41 premiere um, during the marooning of like that big zoom out and we saw production. And I think we were never able to like replicate the scope of that shot because that was a genuinely impressive shot to see like the mechanism of this show. And then every instance since then of like trying trying to peel back the curtain has been like very flop energy. When I saw, when those lights first started to like go uh, haywire, I was like, it was giving me my bar mitzvah vibes, like in such a big way. <laughs> I just was like, this is just so bizarre that like they're, they're just trying so hard to make it seem like the show is over and the chaos begins. Like this is a television show. And it's like, we don't need that. Anyway, yeah. getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, way ahead of ourselves because we've got Jeff breaking the fourth wall for uh, not the final time, as it turns out, because, of course, he'll do that at Final Tribal. But he's opening the episode Walking Down the Beach. He loves finale night. He explains to us exactly how everything is going to happen. And uh, and then we cut to this great, I thought, montage, which featured Ancient Voices, the the theme song of survivor past, which we very, very rarely hear. And I, I 
really loved that. I don't have much to say about the montage because it's just like whatever, but I just loved that they incorporated ancient voices. If they just like once pulled together a an opening credit sequence with the theme song, like it would be so iconic. People would be shaking. And the and the thing is, it's like outside of just the nostalgia, it's such a good theme song. It's a theme song <laughs> that everyone, regardless of if you're still a fan of the show, there was a time when 50 million people were watching this show and all 50 million people could hum that theme. So like yeah. to not take advantage of these sort of like, uh, I don't know, these these markers that are out there, it's just so... Come on. And then on top of that, they did the like the, they would change it up a little each season. My favorite is Africa. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's such a missed opportunity. And also just to like, you know, be able to help you remember who's who. Because um, I have to admit last night when they were talking, when Marianne was going through the vote and being like talking about the young people and she mentioned Lydia and I had to Google. And this is so funny because I love oh my God, Lydia. You're obsessed with Lydia. I'm obsessed and I had to Google because I was like, who is Lydia? Because it's just, I hadn't seen her in so long and she's not present at all in the finale. And so anyway, justice for, you. Call, it's Ancient Voices. Is that the name Ancient of Voices the theme song? Ancient Voices is the name of the song, yeah. Ugh. And it, cut, to me, cut to me on the bus in grade nine listening to it on my Discman. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Bring it back. The extended version. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so in the show proper, the final five, they arrive at this new beach, which I know you uh, think is a total flop. And in this case, it really came to nothing. But it's like a very nice setting. I don't know why they don't use this as a tribe camp, because there's a way that the sunset hits that beach, which it was the exact same in 41 as in this one. That's just like beautiful lighting. It's a nice beach. Let's use it more often. Unless somebody wants to tell me that, like, oh, that's actually the the Taku Beach or something. Like, just, <laughs> I don't know. But I, I really like this beach. But, you know, other than that, it really had nothing. I guess that they get the tree mail and they get the puzzle that they have to do a world word scramble, which will give them a riddle to, like, search around the island. I guess what it does is it gives them an unfamiliar island to work with where you might see that riddle about the sleeping giant's toes and you might be like oh well i know exactly what that might be where on a new island you're totally unfamiliar and you have to go looking you have to go hunting to like discover this island and figure out what this clue might mean so i guess that's the only thing that works for me about going to this new island because otherwise from the survival standpoint it's really giving nothing speaking of giving nothing I do feel like Lindsay petered out a bit narratively, particularly in this episode. And it could have been because, as you said earlier, we spent so long on this. But for me, I and, and I keep saying we'll get to this, but I actually think Marianne would have won had she taken Lindsay. Um, I think Marianne was the winner no matter what. But I feel like Lindsay's uh, story for us as the viewer really just came down to like person who wanted to win Survivor really bad, who was a competitor that wanted to win. That was like Lindsay's whole story for me. And so in that moment when she got the advantage, I was rooting for her mostly because I just was rooting against Jonathan at that point. Um, mm -hmm. So it was more just like the lesser of two evils. But watching Lindsay in that opening shot when she was getting super annoyed with Jonathan, it wasn't as gratifying as I wanted it to be because I was like, well, 
I kind of don't love you either. Like, I I, I don't know. I, I, I felt really high on Lindsay after she really emerged at the midpoint, but I feel like it really, uh, we weren't able to take her through narratively to the finish line. Well, I think that she was, I don't want to call her one dimensional, but maybe like two dimensional. I don't think that she was fully fleshed out as a character because I don't know her personality. Like, I never got to know what makes her tick except that like she likes competition that she's competitive and that she likes doing the challenges i never got to know like what her sense of humor is like how she relates to people what she talks about right and so like i think for that reason she just was never a fully fleshed character and one thing that i think that they sort of avoided narratively was they kept kind of doing this like jonathan v Lindsay. they are like mm-hmm. the the showdown but the reality is jonathan couldn't do puzzles so Lindsay always had an advantage in that she was both physically strong and good at puzzles so in that challenge had she not gotten the advantage i think she would have been fine it just so happens that mike too is good at puzzles but like in the jonathan v Lindsay of it all i don't think jonathan ever stacked up i think he was a one note he was big and brawny but as we know in this game that can only take you so far i think Lindsay was way more uh had way more to offer yeah well we get another moment here uh, in this confrontation between jonathan and Lindsay, where jonathan once again gets an opportunity to tell a woman that she's being aggressive by um you know, disagreeing with him. So <laughs> great. Good for him. Okay. What else? Romeo announces this fake idol that he has made, which is going to, as he sees it, carry him through to the final four because nobody's going to vote for him. This thing came out of nowhere. And the way he announced it, it's just like the first in a series of blunders for Romeo in this episode. In this season, I think uh, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I think Romeo was flop casting. I think this is such a solid season of players with the exception of Romeo. I just I don't understand what casting saw in Romeo that made him at all appealing. And he clearly just didn't really want to be there. Like he just wasn't really interested in playing the game of Survivor. He talked about the fact that he'd never swam before. He talked about the fact that he had never camped before. He was not particularly strategic. He was not particularly social. He was clearly not a huge fan of the show. Uh, I just, I wasn't able to ever understand Romeo's intention with coming out to this island. It it wasn't even a matter of like, I need the money. Like I'm here for the money. I didn't even get that from him. And so I just found Romeo really boring. Uh, Lots of people are on the bottom. That's, I mean, that's how the game works. So the game is all about no matter your position, you have to rise up. So the idea of like him trying to retroactively craft his narrative to be like, I was always, you know, um, what is it, clawing at my by my fingernails or something that he said? And it's like, yeah, girl, welcome to Survivor. That's how this how this how this works. And yeah. also being the underdog will often work in your favor. So I just wasn't I wasn't vibing with Romeo at any point in this challenge. And although it was nice to see him win the challenge because it meant Jonathan didn't win the challenge, I also was like, I don't need this like shot of like Romeo talking about what this means to him because I just I didn't buy it. Right. I think my read on Romeo is that he probably is a big fan of Survivor. I would imagine because I don't know why else he would have applied. 
And so I would buy that he is a big fan of Survivor. And I think in the really, really early days on the Ika tribe, I do think that he did show some strategic acumen working with Drea and working with Roxroy and trying to get various things going over there. It's just that he never really got to shine in that way. But I think like in the very early days, it was like he almost could have been a Todd Herzog-like figure because he was making these connections. He did, wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. He did make this like solid duo alliance with Drea, who was a very powerful woman in the game. Was it solid? would become one. It was pretty solid over on Ika. Yeah, did, I would say that Was it solid from her perspective, though, or from his? Uh, I, I, well, I mean, that she did have that moment where she wanted to make the women's alliance, but that didn't work out. So, like, in terms of the way that we saw this play out, it was solid on the Ika tribe. And so that's that's what I can read into it. So I I just I'm trying to give him a little bit of credit because I think that he did have potential and then he just completely floundered, I think, because he had I think he was malnourished, honestly. That's very kind of you. Um, I would say another knock at him, just to bring him down another peg, was that he tried to, uh, in his final tribal speech, give this uh, notion of like the the lesson for that he wants to instill in his girls back home is to never give up. Cut to 30 minutes earlier when we're at the challenge with the puzzle and Romeo says, I can't do puzzles and gives up. And it's Marianne who has to turn to him and say, never give up. You can always come, you know, there's always somewhere to go, blah, blah, blah. So it's like he was latching onto Marianne's narrative and making it his own. He is someone who distinctly gives up at things. And so it was so frustrating for him to be like, well, I never gave up. And it's like, we just watched you give up, buddy. And and with a really bad attitude to boot. So I am extremely not here for, Ro- for Romeo. And I look forward to the fact that, you know how you have these moments where it's like, after today, I'll never think about Romeo again. Um, mm-hmm. wow, I'm so mean, but it's true. Yeah. I will never think, um, it's true that I'm so mean. <laughs> and it's true that I will never think about Romeo after one hour from now. That puzzle he gave up on, which I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but they were building a circular puzzle and Romeo was building a cube. Like how was he fitting those pieces it's and a again, circle. We're, we're saying too, it's like a circle. N- can't swim. Uh, not good at camping. Not good at puzzles. Like not, not good, good at fire. It, it's just not good with shapes. Not good with social game. It's like there just was so little that Romeo was bringing to the table that comparatively to this cast, it's just I don't know. I just don't get it. Um, and it, and it did make me wonder that like if, if any other combo in the final three. What, I guess even Jonathan, though I don't think he had a chance to win, I just think he at least had a story to him um, that would have made him interesting in the final three. I just, uh, it was a bummer. But as far as goats go, I will give him the credit in that, like, he was, we've had far goatier goats than Romeo. Romeo, like, won a challenge. Yeah, I mean, he won a challenge. And also, I would say in a season, like, had Rome, like, Romeo sort of has, like, um, some Natalie from Samoa-esque-ness to him in that it's like, if there would have been two unlikable people in the final three, like you could have, like, this reminds me of, or even with heroes versus villains, it's like there's a world in which Romeo could have gotten a win if the jury was bitter about the other two. I Whether think, they'd be unlikable or bitter. I think the difference is that 
Romeo only voted for the correct person to go like what, twice after the merge, three times maybe. So he really never knew what was going on. He really right. and and I mean he tried to he tried to justify that in the final tribal. I don't buy it. He truly had no idea what was going on for eighty percent of the post merge yeah. game. Let's talk about something else. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so let's talk about the puzzle really quickly because well, we did kind of talk about it, but Lindsay's the only one who can successfully complete the word scramble riddle, which uh, says something about, you know, the, the whatever you need is hiding in the toes of a sleeping giant, whatever. Thunder Bay representation. That's one for our two Canadian listeners. Um, but it truly, like, she's going around look i thought i thought Lindsay solved the puzzle better than the survivor producers because it was like her rationale for looking in roots of a fallen tree i was like oh she's a hundred percent correct and then the way that survivor <laughs> had to outline multiple times this rock formation to show us how it looks just like a foot was wild i thought like yeah, just truly. go with the just go with the fact that it's a vague clue and it's like hiding in this thing that they should obviously be looking at anyway. Right. I did like the twist, if you will, of you have to complete the word scramble in order to go and look. Um, however, I thought it was unfair that they were in theory they could have worked together, and I felt like no, the punishment like that's that needs to be that's part of it, right? If you can't get the word scramble, you know, it's kind of like in the challenges you can. You, you can get to the puzzle as quickly as possible, but if you're not good at puzzles, that will ultimately lose you the challenge. I feel like that needed to be present in this search for the advantage, which is like, you have to solve this word scramble. Oh, no, see, I think they should be allowed to do whatever they want. Mm. So you think they should be able to get up right away and just go search? No, 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 no. I think fine to do the word scramble, but I think they should be allowed to work together to complete oh, that if they mm. want. Because then you get these interesting moments, like with Marianne, where she says, look, I want Lindsay to win immunity. That's that's like a great case scenario for me, because I know I'm going to get Mike's idol. I have my own idol. I can really like decide this vote. And if it's between and at this point, she's thinking like, get Jonathan out, I guess. And so she's like, it would actually benefit me here in this moment. And so when they're asking for help, I could probably help them, but I'm just going to act like I don't know what's going on. And I did love that shot of Marianne looking like directly at the camera and kind yeah. of just or close to directly at the camera, just being like, I'm not helping these losers. It's mom it's like micro moments like that, um, that I think really just cement Marianne not only as a great winner, but just as like gr a great character on reality television. Yeah. And so, of course, Lindsay finds the advantage uh, that she'll be using in the immunity challenge and... Air quotes, advantage. She gets it. She gets back to camp before they're even completed their word scramble, which is wild. Like A testament to like her. They were stuck on sleep And a testament to their lack of intelligence. Like, there's an I-N-G. Obviously, that's going at the end of the word. And then the other letters you have only spell sleep. What else could it spell? Peels. Peelsing? No. It's sleeping. It's not that hard. Maybe all those mornings when Jonathan was up and running up that mountain, he could have been cracking a book. Yeah, he could have been reading. <laughs> okay. 
Well, let's go to the immunity challenge. We have a huge challenge, which I was so happy to see, very reminiscent of, whenever I see this, I think of South Pacific for some reason, where I think Sophie beats Ozzy, doesn't she, in this challenge? I believe so. Uh, I can't remember. I think she does. And uh, so I love these huge challenges where they're collecting puzzles from various stations around uh, this obstacle course and then and then getting back. It turns out that Lindsay's advantage is that for each puzzle piece they collect, the contestants have to untie six knots. Lindsay will only have to untie one knot. What did you think about this advantage? I remember in 41 when Erica got the advantage, I thought that it was far too significant an advantage and just it was a foregone conclusion that she would win. When I heard the advantage for Lindsay, I felt the same way. Obviously, it didn't work out, though. Right. I think advantages are just tricky because I, I as you point out, it's like it, it seems one way on paper, but then in execution, it's like the knots really don't matter at all. Um, so I just I, I would not be good if I was the challenge maker as far as determining what is a like what's a legitimate advantage in which like because you want it to be an advantage like enough that they have an advantage, as the word states, but also you don't want a situation where, as you say, someone could say, well, you only won because the advantage was such where there was like no way that you wouldn't win. Like you want there to be like, it's like mm-hmm. that fine line. So I'm not sure, but I do I do think it made the challenge more exciting to watch knowing that um, narratively that like, because, you know, Lindsay's back was against the wall and then she was armed with, you know, something to potentially help her win what I don't think any of us were expecting. Cause again, they painted this big, it's the Lindsay versus Jonathan showdown. And it's like, we ended up getting Lindsay V Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess Lindsay's mistake here was that she fell off one of the courses coming back, right? Where you have to put the slat and create this like uh, bridge for yourself, this rope bridge for yourself. And, and so she had to restart that, which I guess lost her a lot of time. And had she not done that, maybe she, probably would have won would the advantage have been the winning factor for her i don't know like the way that jonathan just tore through those knots was like oh this isn't that big of a deal <laughs> right um but there's something else we need to talk about at this challenge there's two other things we need to talk about one marianne's adorable snow white bow in her hair <laughs> <laughs> which was a great survivor fashion moment which we haven't had a lot of in 42 so we I haven't that and Of course, this challenge is not just for immunity. It is also for reward. And what a reward they're playing for. Garlic bread. How about meat sauce? Cake? A little salad? And some red wine? Okay. So obviously we talked about the salad, right? It's like we don't need the salad. My other question, and again, I, maybe I'm, I maybe I don't, I'm not up to snuff on my past seasons, but it's like, isn't usually when you win a reward that's a food challenge? The idea is like that. In addition to like you know satiating your appetite, it's going to fuel you in some way. But I just, I, I why did we need a reward challenge right now? They're so close to the end of the game. This is the last physical challenge because fire making, you're just sitting there. So it's not really like, you know, it's not going to take anything out of you per se in the same way that a challenge does. I just didn't understand why we needed a reward. And I felt like 
I just would love to know like the thought process behind like how they choose these food combinations. Like just be like the reward is cake or like the reward is this. Like why do we need, why, like, who is like, yes, let's throw in salad. Yes, salad. Oh my God, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, the salad was, I think, a little much. And even the cake was a little much, I thought. We didn't see them eat the cake, I don't think. But, like, I think a cookie would have sufficed. Or do they even need a dessert at that What was point? the main course? I mean, it was uh, pasta with meat sauce. Got it, got it, got it. And garlic it. bread. Yeah, I just feel like, yeah, it, I didn't really, yeah, thematically, I wasn't quite understanding. It felt like it, it was, like, an Olive Garden either. spawn, but, like, they weren't saying Olive Garden. I don't no. know. It very much reminded me of, do you remember that uh, that challenge or that reward that I absolutely loved from Heroes versus Hustlers versus Healers, which I know it's asking a lot to remember that season, but where they got to eat this huge plate of spaghetti, but there was a clue to an idol hidden underneath the plate. Was that the one where they had to portion it? They had to go one by one. and they Right, and it was like you had to decide. Yeah. 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 Well, first of all, though, that... I mean, yes, I remember that challenge, but also I love to, again, we talked about this last week where it's like the more choices that contestants have to make, the better. I forget what it was in regards to. What was, there was something that was introduced last week that was like a, do you remember? (laughs) I know, sorry. Okay, anyway, I I don't remember either. But this just to say, it's like, I love that idea of like, here's a reward, enjoy as much as you want, but understand the fact that the more you take, the less your fellow players are going to get. That's such a fun choice to have to make because it's seemingly low stakes but there could be high stakes like ramifications so bring that back yeah it last week was about omar taking you he could take more people if he took the desserts or less people what a memory yes 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 well you know not only do i record these episodes but i also edit them and then i listen to them after they're out to make sure they work so So i have a question for you do you think had (laughs) Had um, Mike not chosen Jonathan, do you think that they, the that Jeff might have given him a third person? Because my no. sense, well, but hear me out. My okay. sense is that you're like, I won't even hear this. Jeff saw that he understood, you know, where the tribal lines were at this point and the idea that these two were together. And so I, I think from the producer in me, you'd recognize the fact that better to keep this trio and this duo separated at this juncture in the hope of the three of them formulating some sort of plan. I know that would have to happen quickly. So you think there's just, it was always going to be two people. I think it was always going to be two people. I mean, we saw this exact reward with Erica and Heather in season 41 which was a very similar situation, I feel like, in that they just, by by giving them one choice, they're basically choosing their closest ally at that point, a potential person that that person would want to sit in the final three with. And I think it's giving them that opportunity to solidify that bond. I think bringing a third person in, it starts to become broader strategy discussion, which could work. There, I think there's a place for that. But I almost would rather see the other three sitting at camp doing their own thing, right? Like them doing the strategizing because they've been left out. Mm-hmm. That's It's more interesting to me when people are left out than brought in. Mm-hmm. And I thought that this was a really weird choice for Mike to bring Jonathan. Who would you have brought? Uh, if I were Mike, I would have brought Lindsay or Marianne. 
I think they would have been interchangeable at that point. But Jonathan was just so obvious that it was like, I don't think that Mike needed to do anything more to ingratiate himself with Jonathan. I don't think he was getting anything out of it. Right. Where he was struggling with this dilemma of like, he's made this promise to give his, in, his hidden immunity idol to three different people, one of them being Jonathan, one of them being Marianne, and the other being Lindsay. And I think like he could have used that meal to dig into that a little bit more if he was really leaning towards marianne maybe bring Lindsay and see like what is her case right like what what where's her head at i think he knows where jonathan's head at it's not he doesn't have like a lot going on in his brain i think so i think i don't know that he gets anything out of sitting and having a meal with jonathan Okay, what else is going on while they are back at camp here before the vote, where, of course, Mike has immunity and he's really having to decide whether he's going to play his hidden immunity idol for somebody. Um, I think what we see is that Lindsay, Romeo, and Marianne really want to get Jonathan out at this point and that Marianne is super confident that Mike is going to give her his idol, which then gives her this, puts her in this situation where she still has her hidden immunity idol, so she's going to get Mike's idol and have an idol to play with. I think this is going to be a very important move for Marianne moving forward, so I think it's a really, really big decision for her. And of course, we also see Lindsay pitching to Mike that you know she has this relationship with Mike in the game that she's been loyal to him throughout the game and that if he sends her home like there's almost a veiled threat in what she says that like I won't be voting for you in the end which I guess goes to your point about Mike not really having the jury votes uh, in the bag going into final tribal because this was a very I thought emotional plea from Lindsay to Mike, I really liked this scene where she was just like really felt like she was really fighting for her life here. And Mike just making these promises willy nilly to everybody that like, yeah, I think I might play my idol for you was just like a, a weird approach, I thought. But what was and why this to me was like one of the big, big lags of the episode, which was that it was never going to be Jonathan going home. It was always going to be Lindsay. I just, there was a part of me that thought Marianne might use the idol on Lindsay because, as I said earlier, I think Marianne could have beaten Lindsay. And I think Marianne would have been like, it would have been just exciting to have two strong women in the final. And I think Marianne might have recognized that. But it just was like, of course you want, it's like in getting rid of Lindsay, you are getting rid of a strong player who has a good shot at winning and keeping Jonathan, who is pretty much a goat at this point, along with Romeo. So it's like the decision was so inevitable. And those idol plays, I mean, yes, there were some variables here. Is he going to give the idol to Lindsay, et cetera? I don't think that they were high stakes enough to take this much time with it. Mm. Yeah, ultimately, I mean, certainly looking back with hindsight, it, it wasn't high stakes enough to spend this much time on it. I think that this decision about, you know, is Lindsay going to move forward? Is Marianne going to help her move forward using her idol? I think this is really reminiscent of Survivor 41, where I think it was the episode before the finale where Erica was really struggling with whether or not to bring Liana through to the final five. And struggling with this idea of like, I want 
I want a woman to win Survivor, but I want it to be me. Right. And does that mean that I have to eliminate another woman's opportunity, you know, this like early towards the end game, as in like she won't even have a chance to get into the final four? Uh, am I am I doing something bad by doing this? And although we didn't hear that conversation, I have to think that that was a part of uh, Marianne's thought process here, where she really had, I think, Lindsay's fate in her hands with this hidden immunity idol. Yeah. I, one other thing I, I would add, too, is I feel like Jonathan really fumbled. Not John. I always confuse him. I'm sorry. I feel like Mike really fumbled the ball with his idol and not using it sooner. Because not only did he give it to Marianne, which was just, you know, gave her the opportunity to keep her own idol and reveal it in the end. But it also gave him an idol play that gave him nothing to, you know, nothing to bring to the final tribal you know, and say, I did something with my idol. It's like, yeah. he just gave up his idol. And also like, in a, and it wasn't even like, well, I gave it to an ally of mine, you know, in a way that would further advance me, blah, blah, blah. It, it, there was nothing he could use with that idol by way of like currying favor with the jury. Um, so I think one of the grander takeaways from 42 um, is, is around idol play and, and not playing idols and holding on to idols and, you know, as we see with Marianne later, the power of not using an idol. Um, but as we see with with Mike, there's uh, the uh, reverse power in not using an idol, which is that like it just it fizzles. And especially in his case, when everyone knows you have it, I feel like it's a hot potato at that point, And it's like you want to get it out sooner. Yeah, well, I think Mike put himself in a really bad situation here because the reason he gave Marianne the idol was because he owed her a debt right for I think it was for the Omer vote because before Mike voted with Jonathan on that he had told her if you vote for Omer I'll give you this idol and so like he was indebted to her where she did not have to make a promise for the receipt of this idol where it's not like Mike said I'll give you my idol but are you going to take me to final three if I do so right like Marianne had the power in this situation she had already lived up to her end of the deal was up to Mike to live up to his end of the deal. And he was going to get nothing further out of it. What he got out of it is already in the past. Why isn't Marianne on anybody's radar at this point? I was very surprised because it's like Mike gives her the idol, but she really doesn't need it. She doesn't. And I just didn't understand strategically how that benefited Mike in any way, because also mm -hmm. you, you would think too, well, the loyalty, but it's like, well, if Marianne's go, it's like, because in my mind, it's like, well, maybe this can secure you a vote with someone by giving them the idol, but you know Marianne's going to the final three, or you can assume at that point, so you're not going to get a vote out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that, uh, like, as I understand, and the way that the vibe I was getting from Mike towards the final tribal council was that I don't think he thought Marianne was going to do very well with the jury. No. And, and, so and I do think, too, another thing, knock against Mike, I think with regards to the Lindsay thing, which, and also Lindsay might've had her mind made up, which is basically like, you don't give me that idol. I'm not voting for you in the end. But I feel like another thing that Mike did really poorly was being so wishy-washy with her and making mm -hmm. her sort of think, well, I might save you because that would leave an even worse taste in my mouth where it's like, yeah. just be upfront with me and say, I don't think I'm going to give you the idol. I, I promised it to Marianne. My loyalty is with her and I want to keep it real with you because I like you and respect you as a person. That to me would have been 
gotten him a, lo a lot better off or put him in a better spot than to you put Lindsay in a position in which it's like her her life in this game is hanging at the is it hanging at the bounds or the balance I think balance hanging in the balance hanging in the balance okay yeah that it's doing that and it's like and here he is being like mm, I'm I might save you and it's like you little bitch like tell me if you're saving me and not only did he do it with Lindsay but he also did it with Jonathan like, why do that? Why are you you're setting yourself up for failure here? I mean, Jonathan didn't seem to, obviously didn't take it personally, but like, he could have. Right. Why tell all these people that you're going to do something that you can only do for one person at this late in the game? Like, it's bizarre behavior. So let's go to this tribal council where it's really like a hero's send off to Lindsay. It was really giving me, again, to draw a comparison to season 41, it was really giving me Ricard vibes where he goes home at the same juncture and, you know, he had uh, one, I think, I think the same number of immunities as Lindsay at this point. And it was kind of a foregone conclusion that he was going. And I think we have the exact same thing here, except with the question mark of is Marianne going to save Lindsay or not? Ultimately, Mike gives Marianne his idol or plays his idol rather for Marianne. Marianne sits back down and does not play her idol. Now, what did you think in the moment? <laughs> well, it's funny. So for, for those listening, Sean and I usually don't talk um, until we get on the podcast yeah. because we want our thoughts to be fresh. I think there's been like only a few occasions in which yeah. we've interacted. Also, we don't always watch the episodes live, etc. But I texted you just and I think I said, quote, that she fumbled the, ba the ball here or like, what did I say? Something you said it was very uniconic. Yes. Ugh. So me. Um, yeah, I was like, this is very uniconic because at that point, stupid me, quick, quick judge me was like, she had this huge opportunity. And I think many of us going into this episode were particularly excited for Marianne to pull off a big move in the final five. And so in my mind at that time, I was like, she's not using this idol. And it was all all for nothing. Obviously, I'm Boo Boo the Fool. And you in the moment, though, before it even happened, credit to you, um, were like, no, 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 I, I don't think this was a bad move. Yeah, yeah, I totally disagreed. I thought, no, I, I as much as I would love to have seen Marianne play an idol for Lindsay and have Lindsay be safe and send Jonathan home, just like as a gay person, I would love to see that play out. And as a fan of Survivor, I would love to see that play out. We love those kinds of moments. It would be such a goop for Mike, and it would make Mike look so stupid having given Marianne an idol. And then for her to turn around and give it to Lindsay, which is exactly what Mike didn't want to do with his idol. It would have been so, so, so iconic. But yeah, I, th I think that she had a very clear move to make here, which was to eliminate Lindsay. She obviously couldn't eliminate Mike because he had immunity. Her other biggest threat in a final three situation would have been Lindsay. Nobody was going to vote for Jonathan or Romeo. I think she saw them both as potential goats based on their relationships with the jury. And so she was either going to make a flashy move to show the jury that she had agency in the game, which it seemed like they weren't sure that she did uh, at this point, or she does a quieter move where she allows Lindsay to be sent home, keeping the idol in her pocket, which she can then reveal later on at a final tribal council, which is exactly what she did. And I think this is a real game changer in terms of how the game will be played moving forward. This is something that I think like Marianne has established. 
which is the idea of like advantages are not necessarily something that needs to be played. There's something that can be brought to Final Tribal to basically say, check out my arsenal of things that I accrued during this game and didn't have to use. Mm -hmm. I was able to successfully maneuver through this game with all of these advantages unused check them out now it's basically like opening up your coat at tribal and being like look at all of my weaponry in here is that a thing do people put weapons i don't know weapons <laughs> right now not not the look anyway you get what i mean new york city in 1975 yeah exactly um, but all this just to say, I, I think that this will set a new precedent for people moving forward when they get advantages for two reasons. I think one, Marianne established successfully the idea that getting an advantage is not something that you need to tell people, that there is a lot of power in keeping things a secret. That is like very, very evident. And then on top of that, and this is why I think Marianne's such a memorable winner outside of her boisterous personality is there's like levels to her gameplay that are so unprecedented and I think will be used moving forward. I don't know if they'll be known as the Marianne moves, but that idea of actually keeping a secret, not leveraging something as relationship building because you don't have to, and coming into the final tribal and saying, check this out. I didn't have to use this, right? It's like, yeah, I, yeah. Conservation. I, saw somebody on, I saw somebody on Twitter say, Marianne played an idol at Final Tribal Council. T. Which is very much what she did. Yeah. And it just was like su like such a blockbuster move that it just, I think it really sealed the deal for her, but we can get there. Okay, so of course, Lindsay is sent home. She's given this heroic exit. Oh, Romeo also <laughs> plays his idol where he pulls out his fake idol and says, uh, Jeff, I have this idol, but it's actually fake. So I'm going to throw it in the fire. Like, LOL. It's really interesting here also just like in the moment to be like, did Marianne make the right choice or not? Because as Lindsay is exiting, we get Shots of the jury saying, oh, I'm so sad she's gone. I really wanted her to be there. So, like, maybe that was another big hint that Marianne is going to win this season because we saw the jury really react to the Lindsay vote. And, you know, whether she would have won or not, I don't know. But the fact that they showed these reactions, I think, is significant. I agree. And... It's important to bear in mind that this jury does not know that Erica has won season 41. So in this jury's mind, I do think the fact that there hadn't been a female winner since She Who Must Not Be Named in 34 does factor into all of this. Like, you know, um, and one thing I wanted to say about Lindsay uh, just, you know, before we, we send her off is she gave her exit exit interview uh, to Dalton Ross and Entertainment Weekly uh, last night. And she was asked, she says, you and Marianne both made comments about the way Jonathan was talking to and treating women on the beach. What was the issue there? And Lindsay responds, to put it in a quick sentence, Jonathan's a misogynist. And oh. I just really appreciate the uh, directness, if you will. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I have not read that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we go directly from Tribal Council to the Immunity Challenge on day 25. It is one of my favorite challenges ever, which we talked about in our challenge episode. It is Simotion and the fact that Marianne walked we in knowing the name of the challenge. Iconic. I have to eat crow. Sorry. I was the one that just said earlier, why do they need to do a reward challenge and fuel up if that's the final 
final yeah. final thing. But no, I was I I stand corrected. They needed to fuel up for Simotion. And it's a good thing Mike fueled up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> because he's out immediately. Um, and then, of course, Marianne falls out. It comes down to Jonathan Ro- and Romeo. And Romeo wins. Like, gay rights now. Say gay. <laughs> There's some really interesting stuff that happens here during this oh. challenge. Um, well, you said yeah, after the challenge? Ahead. No, during the challenge. Oh, I was going to say before the challenge, though, I thought I really enjoyed Marianne's comment when she was talking about, you know, wanting her family to come back together. And she said Mm -hmm. that that's more important to me than the million dollars. One, I just love any instance of someone like usurping the framework of the show, which is that like, you know, it's all about you come here, the goal is to win a million dollars. And when someone's like, I don't care about that. I love that. But also I thought that that was such a great moment of humanity to Marianne because that wasn't something that she was bringing forward in a tribal council in any way to curry favor with the jury. It was just real, raw, honest emotion. And I, I, th- I think you don't get a ton of that. And I thought it was an endearing moment for her with the audience, right? Not necessarily with the jury, but with the audience to to better understand who Marianne is and what she comes from and what's at stake for her. Yeah. Yeah. What I loved during the challenge was that, well, one that Jeff absolutely berated Mike for falling out of the challenge so early. I thought that that was kind of iconic behavior from Jeff because he doesn't often berate people anymore. And for him to do it to a big, strong man, I thought was lovely to see. The other thing is that Jeff gave some survivor history trivia during the challenge where, and I feel like it was inspired by Marianne's recognition of the challenge and knowledge of the name of the challenge, where Jeff said, you know, this was built by someone in the art department during Survivor China. His name was Simo and they called it Simotion. And then it was first used in token chains. The second time Survivor token chains has been mentioned during Survivor 42, which of course Marianne has seen every episode of Survivor except for half of uh, six episodes of token chains. So. I thought this was just like a really fun like nod to Survivor history and to get a little bit of insight into the creation of this iconic challenge. I don't love this challenge. I love Uh, this challenge. You love this challenge. I love this challenge. I could not love this challenge more. I have like a little bit of a Mandela effect with this challenge because I specifically remember Amanda Kimmel playing this challenge, but she's never played the challenge. Hmm. <laughs> Every I don't time I think dislike this challenge, this challenge I think and I think it's Kimmel. I think it's a very interesting one. I just don't think it's necessarily like again, this goes back to what we were talking about of like challenges that like aren't necessarily great television and totally disagree. Okay. You are wrong. You're I'm wrong. sick for this. I'm disgusting. No, I, I don't know. I just <laughs> I don't know. They just they, I, all those, I can see all those cutaways from. of like the locks turning and the music. And I also just feel like oh. the, they really play with the fake outs musically in this one, which I find frustrating. Oh, I love every second. It's like it. the second I hear the music swelling on someone, I know that they're going to be fine. It's like, you know how we talk about when they're doing something and you're like almost a participant in it because mm-hmm. you're like, well, you how would it. I do this? This is one where, and I could see how I could see how this isn't for everybody, but this is one where I'm like, I could play this challenge 
and it would be hard and I'm like imagining myself in their situation and I'm like no left right left right like drop it there you're dropping it too quick like this is one where I am 110% in it so I think my my issue then is maybe more around the camera editing because I just think that the zoom ins of like the actual apparatus and like I think if you were to put like a single camera above them or I don't even know how you would angle it, but in order to watch them all and really get a sense of how each of them are playing it strategically when they're dropping, I could I could align with you. But it's just I have no sense of of how it's all going down because it's just such rapid right. cuts. OK, I can see that. OK, we'll agree to disagree on this one. We've disagreed a lot this episode. Oh, I know. It may not be over. Okay. <laughs> so Romeo has won. He's wearing uh, his best dress, the most expensive dress, and he's feeling like Miss Universe. And back at camp, Mike knows he's going to be going to fire, and he talks to Romeo. <laughs> he pulls Romeo aside, and he's like, I want to talk to you, but not about strategy, uh, and then continues to talk about strategy. He tells Romeo that if he wins fire against Jonathan, then Romeo's going to be going up against Mike and Marianne, who are the two most likable people. So he's kind of like, I don't know whether he's saying to him, send me and Marianne to fire, or whether he's saying send Jonathan and Marianne. The impression I was getting was he was telling Romeo to send Mike and Marianne to fire. So himself and Marianne to right. fire. Because he thought... Because yeah. I think he felt confident that he would beat Marianne. And also that sets him up. I mean, had that been the case, Mike would have yeah, won. Mike so it makes sense. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Marianne and Jonathan are practicing their fire. I thought it was like cute here that we actually got Marianne repeating herself to different people to be like, the key is to get the little sticks to catch fire. And I almost thought that that was a signal that Marianne was going to be going to fire. But ultimately, that wasn't the case. She was just uh, cheerleading. So yeah, we're we're getting we're getting lots of fire practicing here. I maybe it's dragging here. Is this one of the parts that's dragging for you? Well, it's severely dragging, and I think we need to uh, sunset the fire making challenge. I think well, that we're done at this point. It never should have come into existence. Well, there's the that. Place. That's its own conversation. But like you know, and we've mentioned this before. How many times we've seen people go to the fire making challenge not knowing how to make fire, even though it's a part of the show that you would think the moment you get cast on this show, there are a number of skill sets you're going to need to pick up. You know what I mean? When it comes to um, we've the palm fronds for instance like there are just things you can do in advance of going on this show that are going to better your game fire making being the most obvious one so to you know be in later seasons now and still have people not adapt to that is frustrating but i just think ultimately it's too much a staple of the show now where it's like if we're all in the, if we're all about this new era in the monster we need to change things up which i don't even think we even need this moment at all. I think we can just stick to the standard voting procedure. Um, but if we are going to do this, I just think fire making it's it, like, this one was just such a, it's so floppy. Like, the, yeah, granted you get someone like, you know, 41 had a great fire making challenge. You get them from time to time where they can be great television, but on the whole, especially in, in um, when you don't really feel one way or the other, it's like, because uh, obviously I want Jonathan to lose, but I also recognized Either way, he's losing the game. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it's Final Four, he's either in fourth place or third place was the way I saw it. Or I guess yeah. if he's up against Romeo, I mean, maybe second place. But this, or, yeah. But this just to say that, like, this didn't have a lot of stakes behind it because there was no way Jonathan was, yes, he might advance through another round here, but Jonathan's not winning the game. One thing I would be curious about is, and I guess maybe we'll get this from Jonathan's exit interviews, not that I'm, like, overly keen to listen <laughs> to them, um, but, like, what... It, did Jonathan see a, a road to victory? And if so, what was it? Yeah, that's a really good like, question. Like, what was Jonathan's end game? I think that Jonathan probably thought he could have beat Marianne and Romeo. I think, if, I think probably Jonathan thinks if he wins fire in this, he's winning the game. Hmm. But totally agree that imagine a vote in this scenario. It would have been so fascinating because... Would they have recognized Marianne as a threat? I suspect not. And in that case, we would have Jonathan versus Mike. And which way are they going to go? I mean, is it, would Marianne and Romeo see that like, well, we have a better shot against Jonathan in the end. So we take out Mike. Would Jonathan go along with that? Or would it end up being a tie where Jonathan and Mike stick together and vote Marianne and Marianne and Romeo vote either of Jonathan or Mike, and then they end up going to fire anyway. Like, I don't know, it would, it would be really, really fascinating, I think, to see this. I think a, a four vote is always going to be fascinating. Yeah. Do you think there's any world in which Romeo should have gone to the fire-making challenge in an attempt to sort of create the illusion that, you know, I won my final immunity and I, I put myself in the fire-making challenge Um and if he would have pulled out that victory, if that would have been sort of another notch in his favor, like, do you think there was any any reason that he would have put himself in that position to better his game? L-O-L. Laugh out loud. T. <laughs> no. He never would have won a fire-making challenge. Well, I mean, you never know, though, because, yes, but also he never would have won the immunity challenge he won, and yet he, he did. So, And also the thing with fire-making is it's like, People might just, they can, and I think Marianne said this, it's like, you can freeze up in the moment, blah, blah, blah. So it's not that I think that, uh, there's a world in which he could have won the fire-making challenge. Like, Like it's possible. I know he spent a lot of time around the fire. Maybe he was making fires. I just don't think, like, it is in his character to be like, you know what? I'm going to do something right now. Right. I'm going to get up and do some, like, do some work. I think if there's anything we learned about him, it's that he's going to avoid it at all costs, which... I'm not judging him for, I would be probably the same, but I just don't see him pulling that move. And I, I hate when people do that. Like I hate when the immunity holder does that. It's so obnoxious. And I don't think it would actually get him any votes, to be honest. I don't think it would work in his favor. I think in his mind, like he should have been trying to do anything he could have, but I think this is far too risky for him, especially to go up against a Mike or a Jonathan. Okay. Well, of course, Mike makes a huge fire and ends up winning. Jonathan gets sent home. Enough, Jeff, with the letting the contestants say the tribe has spoken. That is your job. And I didn't need... I don't think Jonathan's earned the right to snuff his own torch, so to speak, by saying the tribe has spoken. And we need to stop doing this. Yeah, it's done. It's not. It's never going to happen. Can I actually go back real quick to yeah. to the before the Jonathan? At one point in the tribal council, 
Jeff t- calls on Jonathan and he says, Jonathan, how do you feel about the fact that in this game, the bl- the better player you are, the more people that want you out? And it's like, yeah, that's Survivor. Like, it's so crazy that Jeff was like presenting the premise of the show to Jonathan as though it's like some like, m- like you know, novel concept. And it's like, yes, that's what makes Survivor unique. In any other game, you want the strongest people, but in Survivor, strength is a weakness. It's like, yes, Survivor 101. I just thought it was so like weird of Jeff to sort of like appease Jonathan with this like philosophical question that's like the basis of the show. Anyway. It was a real meeting of the minds. It was a Mensa <laughs> yeah. convention. Indeed. Over at Tribal Council. Did I'll he say, say the ahead. better player or did he say the stronger player? I could be wrong in my uh transition. I'm just curious. I just I don't remember. And like if he said the better player, that's rough because Jonathan was a bad player. Jonathan was a bad player. But also, I'm just so glad we'll never... Mr. Jeff did not catch on. <sighs> we'll never catch on. And so I'm grateful, in addition to never having to think about Romeo again, I'm grateful to never have to revisit Mr. Jeff. Yeah. Well, hey, was it not Jonathan's parting words that he s- talked about coming back <laughs> to play again? And like, you know what? Oof. Cut to him coming back, so... Cut to him for sure coming back. Are yeah. you kidding me? He's for sure going to be back. I hate it. Okay, well, let's go to day 26. It's the very last day of Survivor 42, and the tribe is getting breakfast. And this is where we get, I think, a really, really incredible sequence of the talking heads from the jury, which is a relic of the very, very early seasons where we would hear from the jury ahead of final tribal council. And to have this back was a huge surprise. And I was so, so thrilled to get it. Of course, we did not get Ponderosa this season. No Ponderosa. So we've had no idea what's going on with the jury, where their heads are at. So even if this is a highly manipulated presentation of their thoughts, at least we're getting them. Where's Ponderosa? Well, there's a lot of rumor and speculation about what's going on with Ponderosa. There's been a lot of finger pointing online about things that may or may not have happened with the season 41 cast, (laughs) Shan. And uh, Shan Shan has uh, publicly denied any involvement in the reason that there is no Ponderosa on her Twitter account. So I can't say for sure. Will Ponderosa be back for 43? I hope so. I hope so. The understanding, the rumor that is out there is that an HR complaint of sorts was filed against somebody who works on Ponderosa, that that person was fired or let go or resigned. I don't know. And that as a result, they didn't have time, I guess, or like the resources to turn someone around to produce 42's Ponderosa. And so my understanding is that they just literally didn't film anything at Ponderosa in season 42, which is a very, very bizarre mark on the season. And I think is confusing. Like there's so many people working on this show. Surely someone in a more junior position would have loved the opportunity to produce this. I mean, it's literally reality TV. It's not like they have to like, and I know in 41, they did, they did an event with somebody. Everything. We just, we don't need to see that. We just want to see what they're thinking, you know, see them look in the mirror, weigh themselves, talk to the other people, like decompress from the game. That's all we want. We just want five to 10 minutes of that. 
I was going to say, it doesn't require like story editing. It's basically like yeah. there's a, a very clear template for how Ponderosa works. It's odd to me at the very least that you wouldn't just have cameras up and maybe retroactively decide to do something with the footage. Like it's just, mm-hmm. you know, why not film it? And then you can sort of figure out after the fact. But to not give them a Ponderosa, I think is that's a bummer. And I really hope that this isn't setting a precedent where they're like, oh, look, we got through 42 and people loved it. And there well, was no I mean, it seems like, yeah, budget cuts are the name of the game. Yeah, very sad. So anyways, I really loved this. What did you think of getting the talking head jury moment interspersed with the breakfast? Well, I love it for the reason you point out, like this sort of like homage to the past version of the show. It just felt really scripted to me. And I just didn't Mm -hmm. think this is my big issue with this moment. And then going into Final Tribal was I do not think that people's votes were open. There's this huge effort that the show makes to make it seem like we're all going in. We don't know our vote. And I just think there's no way that that's true. It's not to say that I think votes can't be swayed. I do think they can be swayed. But you go in there with an idea of who you're going to vote for. It's just that's the reality. And I think Mm -hmm. for a number of those players, they went in. Maybe there were a couple that were you know, initially thinking Mike and were swayed to Marianne, but I I think this presentation of like, anyone could take it that the show tries to build so that there's sort of anticipation going into the finale. um, It's a bit too big of a ruse to me. I'm kind of like, it's okay to be like, I've got my mind made up, but we'll see, you know? But like the idea that like they had to present Tori, who by the way was like emceeing the opening to Final Tribal. Um, but the fact that like they had to, they always have to make this big proclamation about the votes being, you know, still undecided, I think is BS. Yeah. Well, it's, that's really interesting that she said that because it was actually Tori in the Talking Heads that kind of was like going rah rah for Marianne. And so I, I also wouldn't mind people owning that to be like, look, I think Marianne's played a great game and I'm going to be cheerleading for her tonight or uh, whatever. But it, it is nice to get these, especially in the modern seasons, as there are no jury speeches. So it's almost like this kind of is their opportunity. And people were actually like, although they were like very nice to Romeo in these. And of course, that may be the editing. I felt like this was really setting Mike up for some failure because they were like, look, Mike's been great, but like he's got to own the fact that he has played this cutthroat game. And it gives you, I think, a little bit of a glimpse into what jury speeches might have been like, because I think that although this was like kind of a balanced jury, more or less, and Jeff remarked on that, I think individually it wouldn't have been because it was only balanced because there was balanced people who would like bring the conversation back down to earth. I think about like Drea when she was like, wait, 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 everybody, like everybody lied in this game. It wasn't just Mike. I think so. if some of those people had the opportunity to get up and individually address these people, I think it could have been a lot more savage. Um, And so I think we're missing out on great TV because of that format change. And so like, this is like, I don't think that this makes up for it, but it's just nice to get these little snippets of like somebody talking to a camera. Yeah. They're not performing for tribal council. They're not performing for Jeff. They're just talking in an interview. It's also just, uh, I think that becomes a lot more authentic. And it's refreshing aesthetically to be able to see the contestants yeah. in a different format than just yeah. the, the uh, tribal. Oh, one thing I did want to say though, going back to the, uh, the tribal before the final tribal um, in which, you know, uh, 
we were presented with uh, Romeo's fake idol and blah, blah, blah. I think we've really devalued jury reaction shots. I think that they are, uh, we overcompensate with them too often of people, especially Tori was like making these big, big faces. And I think that, you know, obviously like Eliza broke the internet with her reaction shots, but I feel like now people come on and make these really big faces too often when like the reaction does not sort of match the moment. And so I just think we've like, we've lost uh, the appeal of like the big, like a gape like moment from jury. I think that uh, less is more. The performative nature of the jury is coming through for me. There's something to be said for the quiet eye roll of a Courtney Yates versus um, the big, big reaction of a Tory. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed to see players who I like outside of the game schmoozing with Tory all week. I'm just sort of like, there are certain things that I am not able to move past um, about Tori's personality and the way that she disseminates misinformation uh, using her social media platforms that I'd like to see uh, people hold her more accountable to. I understand like, you know, if you're friends with her, it's complicated, but I don't love seeing this cast just like chumming it up with Tori. I, that is- uh, I was a little surprised to yeah. be honest with you. Um, and that is a point. I saw a picture. I saw a picture of PG with Tori too. I, I, I not my girl. I know. I mean, there's these finale parties. I guess they're not checking vaccine mandate or there's no vaccine mandates anymore. But also, though, so I want to give a shout out to Tori's dog who shot all over the floor, causing Tori <laughs> to miss her flight. Um, Tori posted this on her Instagram of her foot covered in dog shit. Um, yeah, shout out to that did. dog. <laughs> I love that you brought that up. I like ne- I never click on Tori's stories, and I happened to click on them yesterday. I well, like, I clicked oh, wow, on it because really someone that I do shit. follow was posting a photo with her, which right, led right, me down right, the wormhole. Right, right. Just say hi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought Chanel looked great. Last Chanel night. looks great. Bob, great. Yeah. Oh, and speaking yeah. of people looking great, shout out once again to Drea at Final Tribal. She's serving like it's yeah. incredible. Drea is. I have to say, if there's anyone from this season that I would be super, super keen to bring back outside of Marianne, it is absolutely Drea. And Omer, but definitely Drea. I worry that Drea wouldn't be brought back because she was just too, she was too real. Like, I feel like she didn't play up to the cameras in the way that Survivor really likes, which is why I really liked her so much, is because she was such a breath of fresh air. Because I feel like you don't get people being that authentic i mean you get people being their authentic self but these people are like larger than life where i feel like drea is an authentic down-to-earth regular person and she like the reactions and the way she speaks is a little bit more low-key than say a marianne um but i think just offers something that is unique and really exciting to watch so yeah. Also, like as much as Tori was trying to MC the final tribal council, I felt like Drea was the one that was like actually pulling the strings on that final tribal council and reunion almost. I do think too uh, in the final tribal. Speaking of like jury reactions, we got a couple moments, and I felt like there was an effort actually to cut away from them of the jury reacting to Marianne. Uh, with a lot of heart. Like, I think people were very mm-hmm. visibly moved by several of the things that Marianne said that you actually could, it sort of uh, 
preempted what felt inevitable for some of us by just seeing the fact that like they were really connecting with the words she was saying on a deep level. Like they would be like, sometimes they'd cut away so quickly. I was like, oh, they don't want us to see the fact that multiple people are having a visible reaction. Right. Well, okay, we're talking about it. We're in it. Final tribal. So maybe we can, I don't know the best way to go about this, but maybe we can, well, first of all, Jeff splitting this. So typically Jeff will split this up by being like, there are three aspects of this game, outwit, outplay, and outlast. Well, that has been boiled down now. It's been dumbed down a little bit to social, physical, strategic. And uh, one of my friends said, well, they should change that. They should change the logo logo from outwit, outplay, outlast to social, physical, strategic. Uh, I don't think we've never needed this framework to discuss the gameplay. And I think as you mentioned earlier, I think people don't necessarily have it clear in their minds where the lines are between those concepts because, you know, opening on the social where um, they're sort of like, I think this is where they attack Mike a little bit, but what Mike was talking about was strategy, right? And so, and I think a lot, what a lot of people were talking about was strategy and that's where uh, people were saying um, where, they said, oh, well, Mike, you didn't realize that Omer was lying to you the whole time, and that's why you turned against High was because you were actually deceived by Omer. Well, that that was strategic. That had nothing to do with his social game, in my opinion. And then that's where Drea had to bring it back and be like, wait, 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 wait. Everybody's lied. Like, everybody chill out. Because actually, I think Mike played a really good social game, and the reason I'm sitting here is Mike's social game. So... Yeah, I don't love the format of having to talk about it in these boxes because I think the the lines are really blurred. I also just miss back in the day, I liked when they got up one by one and asked their questions. I don't really like the and town bizarre. hall. Sometimes bizarre questions, sometimes good questions. Sometimes it wasn't a question. Sometimes it was a comment. And it was those moments like that where you had the comment in, oh God, I'm never going to remember his name, in Samoa where somebody just gave a speech about why Natalie White should win. Yes. And it was great. moving and effective. Yeah. 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 I don't have a ton to say about Final Tribal. I just think it was presented very clearly. Marianne came, rehearsed. She knew what she wanted to say. Her talking points were so strong. I think particular shout out to her pointing out that strategy of watching young people that were playing hard go out so mm-hmm. quickly. Her being able to list off four examples of that. I just feel like in general, sometimes when they make like a big point, they often come armed with like two examples. And you're kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, but like... I don't know if that's enough, but Marion was like, no, I'm going to name names. I've got four of them. I'll do it in order. And I just thought like her preparedness came through and you kind of, uh, you saw, you know, as, as she pointed out, I've grown so much in this game. You saw that growth come through. And I think something that, Marianne showed was the fact that like you can prep your final tribal right you 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 don't know exactly what they're going to ask but you kind of do you know the framework around the questions that are coming your way and it just was so evident that Marianne was like I know what they're going to ask about and so I'm going to think about it and I'm going to present my best argument so in addition to her making such salient points the presentation of them 
along with the passion because it felt both rehearsed, but it was very present in the moment. I mm -hmm. love the way that she would like, it was very diplomatic when she would respond to people by being like, I thank you for asking that question. Like there was just, uh, it felt like presidential. And so I think that as I pointed out at the beginning of this episode, in addition to Mike really like falling off here, I think Marianne just absolutely rose to the occasion. Yeah, well, let's talk about Mike falling off because I think the big one of the big takeaways here for me was that like in a very similar fashion to Xander last season, just totally floundering and not being able to not coming armed with the answers that he should have been armed with in the way that Marianne did, where he came in wanting to play this like upright, uh, integrity filled, honorable uh, character role in final tribal council instead of doing exactly what we heard the jury say that they wanted him to do which was to own the cutthroat nature of his game because as we've talked about on this podcast ever since the merge he has been systematically eliminating every single ally he has had and to some degree it has worked it had got him to the final three and i think there's an there was an opportunity for him to own that and talk about how that strategy came to be and how it evolved. I think it did evolve week to week. I don't think he went into the merge being like, you know what, I'm going to make this huge alliance and then eliminate everybody from it. Uh, I think it was circumstantial and he really could have explained that, but he didn't. And instead he talked about how he likes to play with honesty and integrity. And then everybody started poking holes in that uh, to the point where like, it was like the third round of questioning where he was like, you know what? I'm having this realization now that maybe I didn't have as much integrity in the game as I thought I did, which is like, at that point you're dead in the water. Right. Also Whereas it's like going back to the rehearsing aspect, it's like, you could have had that realization through some introspection in the lead up to this tribal. You know, you're thinking about mm -hmm. what are the questions that people might come forward and ask of me and my game? And it's like, he should have known. And he told Jeff just two days before that he was watching season one in the firehouse and he has watched every single episode and he has dreamed about this moment of being like, if that's the case, you know how final tribals go and you know the narrative that needs to be spun and you know the power of owning your game. If you don't know that after watching every episode of Survivor, are you really watching the show? And that's, that. see, see that's such a, a good point here, which is like, there's a diff, you can have never watched this show before and watched one season in the lead up and pick up the how-to. Watching 40 seasons of this game, if you're not a perceptive person, means nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. He got, he gleaned nothing from any of those 40 seasons <laughs> that he watched because owning your game is Survivor 101. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just think he absolutely fizzled, but... I also don't think, like, what made Mike ultimately an interesting character is that, like, I don't think he came in the sure winner and lost because of this tribal. I just don't think he, I think he had a better shot at winning prior to coming in to the tribal. But credit yeah. to this season in that Mike would have made a good winner for the season. It would not have been a flop winner. We would have understood the edit. We would have understood his narrative. He seems like a nice enough guy. Um, I think, though, in the early episodes of the season, you wanted Mike to be a bit more of a Tony, and he just didn't have that that strategic acumen. Like You wanted him to be like an older Tony, um, mm -hmm. and it just didn't quite land. I just don't think he's yeah. that smart of a guy, which is fine. Yeah, I think he's a really nice guy and he was good enough at Survivor, but he's not a winner. And 
So I, I, I really felt for him, to be honest, because in the reunion, I think he looked completely defeated. And I think that's one of the drawbacks of having a reunion immediately after the vote is like him and Romeo looked devastated. Like, they, they barely wanted to participate, I think. I mean, I didn't know if I, as the viewer, wanted to participate, so I can, I can yeah, understand. Yeah, well, that's a different story. Uh, the, I do want to mention Marianne, again, because she just had such a great flow and rhythm to her final tribal. It was such a great performance. And I think that hanging on to that blockbuster move of pulling out the idol until and I, I mean i don't know how this was edited together and when everything actually happened but hanging on to that until like the third round of questioning where they said let's talk about strategy what's a move that you pulled off because she tried to explain how she pulled off the vote against omer and jonathan wouldn't let her take credit for her even though jonathan didn't vote for omer and like had reneged on that plan but he would not let her take credit for it probably because she's a woman and then when she was able to pull out this thing that nobody knew about and like even mike was completely gooped the jury was completely gooped and i feel like the way that she explained it and the way that she broke down like from the omer vote i knew that no matter which combination existed i would be in the final three and that i never needed this thing it was in my back pocket the whole time I could have used it to make this flashy move to save Lindsay, but that would not have served my game in the end. I just felt like that entire speech, if there was any question about where votes were going to land, I think Marianne completely stitched it up with that. Marianne, Mary Stan. Yeah, no, without question. This was so, it's exciting to see such a decisive winner. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I don't want to take too much credit here, but, you know, I did hold a seance yesterday that I think um, completely sealed the deal for Marianne. I don't know. No, without question, I feel like... Just go to our Instagram. Sean went a little rogue yesterday, if you will. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was asking on Twitter, like, what should I do next? Like, I feel so powerful. Mm. I Should you do um, lip dubs? Somebody of... said get Sari to win. Mm. Should you do lip oh, dubs? Oh, I meant like, like with my powers. Oh, with yeah, your I should do dubs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, with your powers, let's let's work on the legend season. Okay, okay. So, of course, if they vote, as we mentioned, Mike gets one vote, Marianne wins. Iconic queen. Um, not much to say about the reunion. I think we've more or less said it all. I think it really started to devolve when... Jeff asked Omer to describe the final three as various animals. And even Omer was struggling. (laughs) Like he couldn't come up with an animal for Mike and that they kept that in was weird. So like, uh, yeah, Jeff has given an interview to Entertainment Weekly this week where he talked about the future of Survivor. And he was talking about how moving forward, they are going to stick with the 26 days, that they are going to stick with revealing the winners on site. They are going to stick with the reunions on site. They are going to keep the shot in the dark. Um, I don't think he mentioned do or die, but I don't think it's off the table and that he is going to be continuing to present players with dilemmas and that like he's excited to see how they deal with it now knowing that that's coming so like whatever it is what it is whatever it's just like if this is survivor this survivor i've given up (laughs) anything else to say about the reunion no it was just 
such a flop. It was so boring. There was nothing to hash out. I think one of the important things about the reunion is that time has passed and so perspective is gained. So I think particularly like with Mike and Romeo, it's like they've just been like completely sidelined here and and have nothing to say. And I also just think like questions wise, the whole point of the final tribal is rehashing the entire game, like the entire season. So to then go right into the reunion and do it all over again, it just wasn't exciting. I think the... Pizza and champagne thing is crazy. Uh, I counted three people that were not drinking the champagne that I think were having Coke or Diet Coke or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody, uh, the eight jury members are fed. So this idea of like, we're going to bring out food all of a sudden doesn't work because only three people have been starving, one of whom just had a giant meal at the reward like a day earlier. Mm-hmm. So that was just insane to me. But the fact that they wouldn't be like, hey, let's take 15 minutes, you know, after we announce this, have some food, have some drinks. Like the way they kept incorporating it so consciously, it's like not only with the crew coming in and out, but like how Jeff kept referencing it. It goes back to this like Jeff thing about he just like gets weirdly excited about things and like holds on to them and really milks them. And it's like, Jeff wanted to make sure we at home understood that they were eating hot pizza and cold champagne and he'll pour you a glass and we're gonna go to commercial, but before we go to commercial, can I come over and refill anyone? And it's like, what's the goal here? It's like, are you trying to get them drunk? If so, great, but like expressly tell us that. But that's just Jeff at like his most insane. Oh, it was just so weird. So anyway, did not enjoy. I don't think we gained any insight. So all this to say, just not a fan of the reunion. I just don't think it serves the same purpose. I miss seeing former players in the audience. I miss getting to talk to Sia or Tyler Perry or perhaps a Sarah Michelle Gellar or other celebrity Mm. fans that we don't know about. Um, And I just think something is lost in not allowing the players to have that moment in which they're kind of like, up on stage and getting to interact with the fandom, I think it it changes the lens of the show to be able to like turn the camera on us because Jeff had that moment where he sort of mentioned the triad that is the producers, the cast and the audience and how mm-hmm. important that symbiosis is. And it's like this version of the reunion eliminates us from the equation. And if that is part of the this three pronged formula here, then you take away something, something's lost. So it's, I don't understand why they wouldn't want the live finale. And I think it's just exciting for, you know, either new fans of the show or old fans really to be able to see the fact that like there are, we exist, right? We're not just relegated to podcasts. You can get a room full of people and we treat it the same way that people do sporting events. I think that like, that's an important thing to show. I mean, how formative were those early seasons when they would like cut away to the players' hometowns and you'd see those giant halls full of people cheering. I just think there's so much that this show like fails to like recognize the value of. My friend Gabe Brigado hosted a party in Brooklyn last night, a viewing party, and there were so many people there. And when Romeo won that final challenge, there's a video, I'll send it to you on Instagram, but of like the entire room erupting at the fact that Romeo had won and Jonathan had lost. And it's like moments like that, that I think the show should like want to capitalize the fact that like we are so gripped by, by what goes on. And I think it's a bummer. And then also just even seeing like, 
last night it's like the winner should be on the late show like that night like even just do like a five minute segment or something but it's just like there's so much lost in how this show does not like recognize the the opportunities that the fandom can present it with or at least the early show like they used to do the morning show you know right. the next the next day and it's like I miss that and if we're not getting to see the winner today react to their win it's like and and the world reacting to it I mean like there's been such a huge swell of support behind Marianne I want to see her experience that I want to see her react to that because yes it's one thing to see her win and that was such a beautiful moment but how much more beautiful would it be that her entire storyline was about being weird and being an outcast and oh my god somebody was spreading rumors about her Marianne has a bully I'm gonna name and shame that bully because I want to bully them and like there's been so much that has come out like through Marianne's story that's like to see her embraced by the entire survivor community as like this great winner and this historic winner which they also didn't even like touch on the fact that she is a historic winner that this is following up on Vesepia's win from season four and the legacy of that to not mention that which I get like that's not a great legacy for the show of survivor but it's worth celebrating I think on Marianne's behalf and to not have that I mean imagine having a live reunion and Vesepia's there like could I was you just imagine? gonna say or imagine just having a reunion or in the next morning having the both of them on together and just doing something I mean I think that part of, uh, if we're having conversations about the ways in which this show is sort of course correcting or evolving, you know, we talked about the dropping the come on in you guys. It's like, yes, it's not great that it took us this long, but I think the show needs to recognize, I was going to say lean in. I don't think it's a lean in situation, but it's like recognize that and, and fix it now by giving Vesepia a platform to speak. And like, I saw like her name was trending last night, right? And lots of people were doing these side-by-sides. Both Mary Ann and uh, Vesepia have purple buffs uh, that were from their tribes, which I think is like, you know, just further connects them to one another. Vesepia was recently talking about how excited she was about the prospect of a Marianne win. And then also just the timing, right? The 20 years of it all. It's like, that's something that Survivor, the show, should lean into and should use this as an opportunity to bring Vesepia back into the canon. Yeah, so totally. Totally. Missed up. Yeah. Especially after totally snubbing her on Winners at War that she didn't even yes. get a call that I think. Yes. And then, and then that she was such a uh, a strong voice in the Survivor Diversity campaign, the Black Survivors Alliance, that I think she's earned the right to, you know, have some kind of a platform on the show. And I think that would have been a great opportunity. And it just, yeah, it, it sucks that they're just moving further and further away from the legacy, but also this, like, ability to catch up with people and see what they're up to and just be able to hear at least from our winner if not from our losers as well and and from our pre-merge uh contestants yeah lydia um and last thing because i really do have to go but one thing i just wanted to say too that preview for 43 was such a bummer i just really am sad that they're not doing theme season it's just like we're it's like this new era and yet everything just feels the same and i think without the theme season yeah it just was like okay we're doing this all over again we're getting that that one beat that they did with that one person who was kind of like you know i would never like deceive anyone oh wait mm, i guess i would and it's like yeah 
welcome to Survivor. Again, it's like they just, they hit these same beats over and over again. And so the one thing you can always get excited about in the past was like, oh, what's the theme of the season going to be? Because it's not going to be the cast that gets yeah. you excited from, you know, a, a little 30 second package alone. It's the theme. It used so the to fact be the that location just, and then it became Right, or the, the location, right. Yeah. Yes. But the fact that it's just like, oh, we're doing it all over again. It's like, we just did it all over again. That was 42. Yeah. So I just, that, that bummed me out. I did not, it did not make me excited about 43 at all. What do you think of the logo with the squid? Didn't notice. (laughs) (laughs) There's been a lot of drama about the logo because, like, officially there's two logos and they accidentally uploaded one of them last night to the Survivor Auctions, which, of course, you can go and bid on props from this season. And some of those uh, auctions are for uh, meet and greets, like virtual meet and greets with contestants. And they accidentally uploaded uh, uh, an auction for a meet and greet with contestants from Survivor 43 which was quickly deleted, like obviously a mistake. And they and it included a Survivor 43 logo that was not the logo that was in the preview last night. So little Survivor trivia Easter egg there that people can go and find because that sort of thing does not happen. And while we're on the topic, let's make today's emoji the squid. Yeah, squid. That's a good one. Is it you a know, squid or an I'm octopus? tying it all together. Whatever, just do whatever they have. No, there's a squid. If you type in the word squid, squid. yeah, there's a squid. We're doing squid. Yeah. Not to be confused with the octopus. There is an octopus as well. So I don't know what's no. on the I don't know what's on the logo, but let's go with squid. We'll do the octopus for season thirty-eight or forty-eight. Forty-eight. They have eight, eight. No, we'll do it for forty-eight because an octopus has eight tentacles. Ah, got you. I got you. Okay, love that. Well, hopefully we're still here for you, or maybe hopefully yeah. not. We'll see. <laughs> okay, great season. I thought it was lots of fun recapping and seeing this outcome. Really great outcome. Great season. I do want to say, I do not think, I, at one point I had mentioned that I thought it was on the level of 37. I uh, renege that. I do not think, I think this was a fantastic season of Survivor. I'm seeing a lot of people saying it was one of the best. Can't get behind that. I think it was a really really good definitely in the top 20 seasons of survivor but 37 is still i think the best entry we've had in uh this you know the modern era of survivor i agree i don't think it was a david versus goliath but i do think it's it's up there it's definitely up there so lots of fun recapping it thank you everyone for following us on this journey and for continuing to share it and stick with us and we have lots of exciting ideas for content coming up maybe even some opportunities for exclusive content hint hint Uh, we have some fun interview ideas lined up that hopefully will be coming to you sooner rather than later and let's do, um, I mean, I know I'm always brainstorming ideas in real time, but let's do a mailbag around 41, 42. So let's do like New Era Survivor. If you all want to leave voice memos with questions and or thoughts, remember, let's try and keep them to 30 seconds in length. Um, but we would love to hear thoughts or questions for us about 41, 42, the modern era, perhaps questions around things you want to see or we want to see with 43 or with the future of survivor next when do we want our next all-stars blah 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 let's do something sort of focusing on a a post-mortem of modern of the the new modern era if you will 
Yeah, would love that. Send those voice memos to at Drop Your Buffs Pod on Instagram and go follow at Drop Your Buffs Pod if you're not already. We've been having lots of fun over there. Make sure that you're subscribed to us so you don't miss our off-season content, which is going to be iconic, I'm sure. And give us a rating and review if you feel so inclined. As long as it's good, we don't want bad reviews. And thank you again so much for listening and coming on this little journey with us. It's been fun this season and there's so much more to come. Thank you. Bye. Bye.